0: Time now to check in again with 35th District Representative Dan Griffey. Morning, Dan. How you doing?
1: Doing well, Jeff. How are you?
0: I am well. Uh, good to talk with you. Last week, we kind of started shuffling the papers around Fire District 12 and had a conversation about some of the things that you're looking at uh, there in Mason County for Fire District 12. It's been an ongoing saga. Uh, there has been a lot of federal uh, investigations going into this and you're kind of at the point now where you're saying, Hey, uh, locals, let's see what we've got going on there. Any updates for us in the last week?
1: Well, I mean, two years is too long, right? I mean, yeah. to, to deal with this, where you have a complete lack of trust in your emergency services provider, right. In the local jurisdiction that you're paying taxes to. So let's just get that off the the table. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, been in uh, constant communication with, Mesa County Sheriff's Department uh, had very long conversation with Ryan Sperling. Also had some uh, uh, conversations with uh, Prosecutor Dorsey. Uh, some of the facts that were printed in one of the uh, opinion or the uh, the articles uh, were uh, misleading. Um, he has he he is down three prosecutors. He's not down as many prosecutors as made it in there. So I just want to make sure everyone in Mesa County knows he's got five. But he is down three, uh, and he's actively recruiting. So uh, if you are an attorney and you have your like mind, um, you know, maybe uh, call uh, Mike Dorsey or Mesa County Prosecutor, uh, go help. Uh, But the report is um, now uh, the Attorney General's office said since uh, no charges have been filed, they they don't think they're going to take on the case. Um, The Sheriff's Department was hoping that you know, we would get a report back from the FBI and the FBI would have completed their cases. But now the FBI is saying that, well, you know, we're really busy, so we haven't had a chance to really get to it. Uh, And then talk to uh, our prosecutor, Mike Dorsey, and he's, you know, his hands are somewhat tied in that, uh, you know, he has to have uh, charges referred to him before he makes uh, his charging decisions. Um, So, um, I don't want to call it finger pointing, but it, it feels to the people in the area like it is, right? So uh, everyone has uh, agreed to kind of sit down in a room and let's hash it out. Uh, you know, Attorney General or whoever uh, Bob Ferguson assigns uh, to the case, could you maybe help all of us? Uh, you know, work on what we're going to do next. Uh, what are the next steps?
0: What I find so interesting about this too. You know, I know a lot of uh, fire department personnel. I know you have spent a long time in the fire service recently retired. And these folks, if they get the call, they're they're going to go. They're going to do whatever they can do to help uh, save the situation, whether that put out a fire or go rescue somebody who's having a medical emergency. But to not have kind of that leadership structure there, I can only imagine, uh, the toll is taking on the volunteers who, who still, you know, feel a duty. They've signed the oaths, you know, um, the duty to help protect the community.
1: It's sad. Like I said, there's no way, shape or form that this is functioning. If the community has lost complete trust in their emergency service workers, there has to be an adjustment. And the, the, those, And shame on the emergency service workers for not knowing that, the ones that are providing it, the ones that, uh, you know, they found out there was going to be a recall against them. They used trickery, if you will. Uh, I I still consider this a long grift. Uh, I have seen no evidence to uh, tell me otherwise. Uh, It's sad. And as a first responder, you know, my ask to them is, you know, let it go. Uh, Let somebody else come in and take over um, it's not working.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, last week was the final, uh, opportunity for bills to move out of their chamber of origin. And so things have been moving back and forth. I know you're just kind of getting, uh, a handle of what is coming from the Senate side, but how was the process on some of the bills that you had been advocating for and, and what can we look forward to, uh, getting some votes or some opportunities uh, for some new laws.
1: Well, we have we have some uh, good bills and bad bills. As I uh, you you know, there's uh-huh. some bills I su- significantly disagree with. Um, I believe in lifetime supervision for those who sexually assault someone. Um, the crime is serial in nature. Uh, life life uh, t- lifelong supervision. What it looks like is a community corrections officer. Uh, they have to report to them to make sure that they're uh, keeping up with the the sanctions that have been imposed upon them and they're pretty light um it's it's an it's a monthly uh, get together um and uh, they also have to ask permission to leave the state and submit a plan and uh, we think for the crimes that they commit and the propensity of uh, sex offenders to recommit the crime that it is a reasonable restriction that we place on them but this year legislature is uh, thinking about uh, ending life time supervision and i find that to be a mistake it's going to create more uh survivors of sexual violence and we want less um there are go ahead i I was just
0: yeah i was just wondering what would be the purpose of putting a stop to the check-ins is it uh personnel like they don't have enough people or
1: inconvenience on the person the um, perpetrator criminal yeah because the um, they're concerned that, you know, they have to ask permission to leave the state and that they have done their their time and in incarceration, that the, that society doesn't have the right any longer to supervise them. Um, we think we do and we think we should. And again, it's it's important that uh, we employ those tools that will keep our loved ones safe in the community or safer in the community. And uh, I believe this weakens public safety. Yeah, and I believe it's a weak argument as far as I'm concerned.
0: But I saw that there was some laws out there, and and there's we can kind of get into this a little bit. Uh, It's this is something that was passed about um, making it more they say more effectively to deter illegal dumping. And I'm just going to bring this up in the whole scheme of things. Most of the people across. Mason County, the thirty-fifth, the whole stake, law abiding citizens, right? Everybody's yeah. doing what they have to do to do what they do. And then um, and I'm not saying that illegal dumping is a good thing because it's not, it's against the law and it adds to trash, but you know, when people see folks out there blatantly shirking the laws, where's the incentive for for regular people to Stay, you know, to to follow the rules. You know what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, uh, I it, it's disheartening, and I know there's a struggles in and there's a backstory to everybody, but seeing people um in parks or in non trespassing areas, and this and this and that, and and doesn't seem like there's any recourse towards those folks yet. There's bill upon bill uh, that punish kind of the ones who seem to. You know keep their nose clean 98 percent of the time does yeah. that make any sense
1: it, it well i mean absolutely uh, you know the uh, people are you know on both sides of the fence when it comes to gun control laws um so legal law-abiding gun owners in Washington state are now going to be faced with um, having to do a background check before they can buy ammunition. Uh, they're being forced to buy special gun uh, insurance on their homes, and they're also being forced uh, to um, uh, limit the amount of ammunition that they can buy at any one time. Um, these are all law-abiding people, Jeff. Um we make excuses in Washington state too often for those people uh, who don't follow the law. Um, it is absolutely uh, inexcusable to dump garbage in, in our beautiful forests that we have in the 35th district. Yeah. Uh, we have ma- many measures to that, that we have tried to employ to go after them and that the the big dumping areas that we would put game cams out and that we would aggressively try to uh, find them and hold them accountable. However, the majority party here doesn't want to hold them accountable. And I think you're absolutely right. There is an apathy from the people that are law abiding, that have a moral compass and follow that moral compass every day. I think it, 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 it makes them ask the question, why? Why do I why do I do that? And and I think that is very astute for you to bring up. Um I, I do it. I follow the law because, well, I'm just that Guy, right? I, my family taught me that to live in a civil society, you must be civil. So I will treat people civil, uh, even people that wrong me. I will do my best to treat them civilly. Uh, however, they should be held accountable. They make excuses here. The majority party does for uh, vehicle theft. Well, that's you know that's a victimless crime, is how they like to uh, portray it. I don't find it a victimless crime when somebody works their tail off to get the money to purchase nice things for themselves. You can't have it. You shouldn't be able to just have a, a political party or a majority or whatever say that we get to go completely against societal norms and societal rules. Um, well, because they needed it. Um it is frustrating and we hear those bills all the time and um the 35th delegation pushes back on them um hard I assure you.
0: And you know it's not like you know someone is going to say well these people are, these these folks here are sleeping on the side of the road and so now I'm going to go grand theft auto. You know it's not it's not yep. but it's kind of like what we talked about too the the single broken window the one yeah. you know so one time maybe somebody does Something flies out the window and they go, meh, oh well, what's the harm? But then maybe the next time it's two pieces of paper or four pieces of paper. And then that, much like what we see in our communities where it's just a kind of a compounded effort, it's just, it's it's really frustrating, you know, for those folks that I talk to that are, like you said, law-abiding, taxpayers, trying to just get through life right now it is so difficult to get through life and then you see these other folks who and again everybody's got their own story but to see it kind of almost like a uh different classes
1: it's like the twilight zone jeff like in comparison to the way i grew up uh 70s 80s and 90s till now right um uh, you know what are we gonna do about it well there is some glimmer of hope like uh, we have we're working on a graffiti bill um and Uh, there is going to have definite uh, sanctions, you know, misdemeanor sanctions uh, through the court process. But we're going to say, you know what, you're going to go clean up the graffiti. I mean, that's how we used to handle it. And for some reason, we stopped doing that. But now, uh, you know, you're going to do 25 to 40 hours of community service, depending on the crime you committed. uh, And then maybe through some hard work and uh, pride and ownership, you might change some people's way of thinking. And then, you know, it doesn't hurt to have, you know, people, the motoring public driving up and down the road, seeing uh, people in uh, orange, uh, either sandblasting or pressure washing or scrubbing with their, you know, a scrub brush, um, fixing what they did because it was their responsibility. And we should teach that you need to take ownership of your responsibility like we do to our children, yeah, for our children.
0: Well, I I know you and I could talk about this all day, so we'll put it here and uh, come back next week and see what else has been moving through the state capitol here and this short session. 35th District Representative Dan Griffey is online. We'll put the links to his website as well. Dan, good to talk with you. Good to see you, buddy.
1: Nice talking to you, Jeff. You have a Uh, nice week.
0: You too.